Welcome back to Founder Friendly, the podcast brought to you by Strategic Venture Society, the NYU club that focuses on technology, entrepreneurship, and venture capital. I'm Sky, and my co-host today is Andre, a fellow SVS Post member and our resident hype man. All right. Andre, Hello, you everyone. Want to introduce <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone. It's good to be back on the show. And with us today is Amy Germain, the executive director at Accelerate Fund. Her career journey started at the intersections of food, culture, and socioeconomic structures. She holds a master's in international development economics and has taken it to various international organizations and NGOs to study informal and emerging economics with vulnerable populations. She has had other experiences at the United Nations World Food Program, the International Finance Corporation, and Friends International. Among her various projects, she leads Accelerate Fund in centering the community around their capacity and power. Um, this was also my first like official VC slash startup ex- intern experience uh, way back in Portland three years ago. It's awesome. Um, and as listeners may know, last week we discussed the startup life- lifespan from idea to exit and touched on accelerators, um, which in case you need a reminder, are programs where startups can get guidance on their next steps for operations and growth. And you've probably heard of them like Y Combinator, Techstars, and 500 Startups. So these are all storied and successful accelerators, but we wanted to direct your attention today towards a new alternative model um, that we think needs to become more of the norm, which is what Accelerate does. And it's an Oregon-based woman-focused accelerator for very early stage companies, providing peer mentorship programs and financial loans to underrepresented communities, specifically women and uh, BIPOC, which is Black Indigenous People of Color, Amy, if there are any blank spaces in terms of your background or our, our intro of um, Accelerate, please fill us in. And, and again, we're curious about how you support your cohort members and maybe what changes have occurred since COVID. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited, um, especially to, to um, meet and hang out with Andre, who was um, priorly um, involved with Accelerate. So, I mean, you ca- you captured all of it. We're really here to provide business support, education, and community, um, which is really important um, to, to women entrepreneurs. We were founded in 2017 as a loan fund. Um, the journey to being uh, becoming a loan fund is really complicated, particularly in the state of Oregon. And so we've had to add um, kind of pipeline and supportive services to wrap around the loan fund um, because the needs are great. Right. It's not just that women don't receive capital. It's that women also don't receive access to resources that they need. They don't have social capital like their male counterparts often have. Um, And so we really do leverage the value and resources of the ecosystem, particularly in Oregon, and bring that to bear in front of women where maybe they hadn't had the privilege or the access before. And that is really powerful. And as a result, we kind of convene community. Um, and we watch women just come up with these really incredible, innovative ways of supporting each other and building kind of their own kind of side economy. So um, that's really what um, we've focused on. We've we started as a um, kind of a twelve month MBA growth program, um, ed- education program, and it quickly became obvious that that was a lot, right? Because women are oftentimes moms. They also sometimes have other jobs, they have a corporate career, then they have to go home. So time for women is really valuable, particularly because they have all these other kind of side hustles or um, unrecognized labor that they engage in. And so um, we narrowed that down to a three month program to kind of make it more accessible. 
And we really are focused on kind of grabbing women at that stage where they, they can't bootstrap anymore. They've kind of bumped up against that first wall of growth. Um, you're maybe moving from a farmer's market to new seasons market, which is a regional marketplace. Um, maybe you're, um, you're, you've raised the money for your MVP for your SaaS, um, but now you need to take that to market and show traction and product market fit. Um, so we really work with women at these very, really pre-pre-seed stage. Um, our capital was not meant to be seed stage funding. It was meant to be that place where women really struggle, where they've really been left out between $25,000 and $100,000. That's the capital you need to kind of show traction, right? To show that you've got something special to invest in some inventory to get those first sales going. Um, that's really where women are hit the hardest. Um, how has COVID changed everything? Oh my gosh, it's been really challenging. I mean, we serve the state, so we were doing some virtual services. We had to scale that up very quickly and do all virtual all around. And we were actually in the process of onboarding cohort four, um, which was 10 women getting ready to do a three-month program. Um, they said, please don't cancel. Um, we were like, what are we, how, why, we can't talk about growth right now. We have to talk about survival. Um, so we really had to quickly pivot um, to moving the curriculum to be a conversation about how to survive, which women are really good at. So it worked really well. Um, and as a result, we have a great virtual platform right now, kind of chugging along. We've decoupled a lot of the um, services. We're not hosting the cohort right now. We're just kind of saying, hey, whatever you need right now is what we'll give you. Do you need coaching? Do you need education? Do you need a la carte kind of access to education, workshops, interactive you know, digital marketing, whatever's, um, and that's what we're giving them because that's what they need right now. I hope that answers your first question. Yeah, definitely. And you touched a little bit on um, how it impacts local economies. And I know also from our pre-call that you are very interested in founders who aren't just looking for like financial growth, but really having an impact through their product and their solution. So if you want to touch a little bit on, on the importance of that. Well, Sky, that's what's been so interesting about this whole journey for me. I mean, I've worked with women in other countries across the globe um, and domestically. And there's one thing that's just a fact. Women um, oftentimes or almost the majority of times build businesses that have sustainable solutions built into them or are solutions for their communities. Um, so this social impact piece is almost always a part of a woman's business. It's how they think about the world and how they show up in the world. Um, so with that in mind, I mean, imagine if we funded all of the woman-owned businesses um, that exist out there that have this social purpose element, um, we would be building in that triple bottom line, right? Um, you know, Accelerate was really founded to unlock the massive economic power and influence of women. And I want to talk about really what kind of impact we're talking about with some numbers. So for example, between 2014 and, and 2019, the number of women-owned businesses climbed from 21%, um, while the other businesses climbed 9%. Four out of 10 businesses are women-owned. 50% of those are owned by women of color. Um, and so if you actually do the math we're talking about, they, they say it's like um, uh, 40 billion jobs and $980 billion in, in um, economic growth if we supported the growth of women-owned enterprise. Um, and that's just really impactful when you start to analyze and study the numbers. Um, 
the unfortunate thing is that the money is being left on the table that's that women are not getting right so some other impactful statistics in 2019 alone 2.2 percent of the 130 billion dollar total venture capital money went to women 2.2 percent um although the studies show that women can provide two times the the um, return on investment um and so they're building more sustainable more resilient businesses um, yet they're not being they're not being supported with capital. Um, another really mind blowing statistic is this is pre COVID. Um, as the SBA the SBA lent that say they lend to minorities and women lent uh, to women owned businesses in their seven A and five hundred four um, lending portfolio, um, which are their small business um, loans at fourteen percent, where men received seventy two percent. Um, so those statistics are, are, they illustrate that pre-COVID women-owned businesses were the largest growth uh, uh, in entrepreneurship, Black women being the fastest growing section. So if we're, in, if we're supposed to be investing um, and, and growing business for the sake of economic development, but we're, those numbers of investment are, are the way they are, we're, what are we investing in? It's surely not the highest growth um, sector, right? So why are women being left out of the equation? Um, what what what's the structural kind of um, makeup that doesn't allow for that? Um, local communities are going to thrive when women thrive, right? The women are the centers, right? They're the decision makers and the influencers. And black and brown communities are often the center of the community, right? So. The, the whole thing begs the question of why isn't the money going right to where the growth is or could be. And I'm sure we can, you know, speculate and give various reasons as unfortunately why that's the case. Um, yes. I'm curious as to what your investment thesis is in terms of um, seeing these businesses thrive, especially because when they do have a social component at times in, in early years, they may not be forcing the economic growth that other VCs look for. Um, so what what's your investment thesis in that to show, to prove that women and people of color can create and do create really thriving businesses? And then how do you scale that? I love that um, question, Sky. Thank you. Because what needs to be remembered is that women enter the marketplace in a different way, right? They, they don't usually come out with a big pitch and ask for a billion dollars and this high, you know, this high velocity growth. Like a lot of women enter as like consultants or professional service providers or um, teach, you know, people teaching other people how to do something. They enter in these sectors that a lot of people are like, I'm not going to invest in that. Like, that's not interesting. And um, why do they start there? Because usually there's no generational wealth or savings um, for women. We don't have that um, kind of I think the in Oregon, I think women just got access to checking accounts 40 years ago. Some crazy statistic like that that shows that women are still, they don't even have financial savings to invest. They're oftentimes what we call necessity entrepreneurs first, not opportunity entrepreneurs, um, because they, they can't enter the marketplace at that level. So it's just also about realizing where women can enter entrepreneurship and meeting them where they're at, right? So secondly, is I, my investment thesis is I believe in investing smaller amounts in more folks. So economies of scale 
um, but for smaller businesses to get to get that localized kind of economic development. Um, do I think that investing in one unicorn um, and investors will not hear me out on this, but um, do I think that investing in them and letting them have 500 employees and being a driver? No, I, to me, that's a myth. It's a total myth. There's economies of scale to be had when you're investing smaller amounts in more businesses. Um, and just think about the capital that some of these businesses need pre-stage. It's less than $500,000. The sweet spot, again, is 25000 to one hundred. Think about how those billions could go much further. And that's localized growth, right? So now women are developing solutions for their communities um, instead of globally. And, and I think that's more interesting and impactful. That sky goes to your last point about women creating solutions to help resiliency and, and thriving communities. And so it's a different kind of growth. A lot of women aren't interested in actually acquisition, exit, fast growth and maturity. These are things that we lear we've learned over time. They're like, I don't want to exit my company in two years. I want to be with it and grow it. And, and, and I want to have employees that I can take care of. Like they want to nurture their communities, right? So we also come with different intentions. No, that's not to say that every woman and every male fit into these categories, but these are very, very good generalizations to use when we're talking about um, what's gonna be more healthy for, the, for our local communities. If, they, if, if we have more women employing 20 people, um, there's a lot more impact to be had there. I'll just say that our, you know, the, our systems are, our kind of formal economic systems are aging. They're obsolete. They're dying. I don't know if y'all have conversations about GDP and like what that doesn't measure, right? And so uh, the, the the next question is, what do we do with these kind of dinosaur ways of thinking about growth? Um, and and for me, that involves diversity and women and communities um, versus a unicorn at billion dollar high velocity growth exit, blah, blah, blah. Is that, I mean, those, those are tone deaf to me um, because I, I see the world with a different, you know, values. And um, it, again, it's just a, a, the way that we tend to show up in the world. Yeah, for sure. I think um, a lot of people tend to be wrapped up in just like Silicon Valley's narrative, which oftentimes includes people very familiar with this like very specific entrepreneurial game who like go work at a big company and then spin out of it and start their own ventures and try and chase, chase the same success. But that isn't easily replicable across the rest of the country, like all sorts of various reasons. So I guess as a, a piggyback off of that and your previous statements, how do you think Accelerate's model, which is, I think in my opinion, pretty tailored to the economy of the Northwest, which like makes sense, um, how do we scale these systems across other parts of the U.S. and maybe other parts of the world since investing small amounts to a lot of different companies will require a lot of localized um, influence to actually be successful? Yeah, no, I get that. That's a good question. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of one-size-fits-all approaches. Obviously, Y Combinator works for that set, you know, Oregon's really unique. We're smashed in between San Jose and um, Silicon Valley and, and Seattle, which is very tech heavy. Um, but Oregon has a lot of small businesses, like 99% of our economy is businesses uh, 
in the small business category, which is sub 500 employees. And I believe 87% of those are like sub 20 employees. Um, and so just the makeup of this economy um, means that Accelerate had to take a different approach. At first, we really wanted to serve $250,000 plus pre-seed stage um, kind of gross revenue companies. And there weren't a lot of women in that space or women of color in that space. There still aren't a ton. Um, and so the best way we can serve women in Oregon is serving small businesses that want to grow from micro to small or small to medium and aren't trying to break the, you know, the hockey stick, um, if you will. And so I think each state or each economy or each kind of domestic entity needs to, or region perhaps, um, needs different approaches based on their sector, the industry makeup. Um, for us, we're a nonprofit, where the funding is, like, where's the money to run these kinds of um, community-based services? That's important. Um, I really think when you're talking about scaling up our approach, you're talking about scaling up a mindset, a culture, a way of thinking, not necessarily that our model is like, our model can be applied, I think, and 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 rearranged and fit to any um, situation, whether it's um, Africa or um, Kansas. But a lot of it is about mindset and growth mindset and teaching women how to wrap their brains around what it is that they want to do and how they can do it the way they want to show up in the world. And for us, that means changing language. We don't use the word pitch, for instance, because a lot of women are like, why would I pitch? I'm not, I'm not trying to sell my company down the road to somebody. And I don't really, that's not how I, that, that doesn't resonate with me. So we talk about storytelling, you know, what's the story? What's the, um, you know, what's the value that, the, that your business brings to the world um, or your community? Um, and, and so values and core values is something we really focus on. We set goals by values. We talk about storytelling and what you bring to the market and resonating with your market. Um, and again, this is a, a mindset more than it is. It's a cult. It's a, it's a value. I, I think that this self-interested capitalist, I mean, America is very different, right? We hold different values than other places because of the way we were born. Um, and the way that our, our you know, kind of um, the capitalism in the, from the 50s and 60s were about thriving and production. And um, we, these are aging old systems. They don't take into account other things. Um, and so how do we um, imagine a world where these are replaced or reformed in a way that kind of makes more sense for a, a better future or a thriving future? Um, I, I don't believe that what works here works in the Sahel or in um, Southeast Asia. Um, I just don't believe in that. I, I think that each community has to be responsible for developing the system that they need. Um, so at Accelerate, we really don't, we focus on, we don't lean in. <laughs> we don't use that. We don't lean into anything. Leaning into the existing system that oppresses already is not really where the value is. We, we don't promote melding into the current system. We, we advocate for an alternative system where these values and the way in which we show up in the world are resonated, right? Um, and so for, for me, um, the formal system will eventually break down and women and diverse folks will be over here um, working away at, at a very kind of productive, diverse, sustainable, progressive economy. 
Um, so scale is complicated. Um, do I want this approach to scale? Absolutely. But do I also believe in the localized participatory approach where uh, communities, especially BIPOC communities, are responsible for creating their own solutions? Yeah. And, and all of these points kind of go into my next question, which is specifically about students who may, um, you know, it, it's interesting that you talk about the capitalism because obviously, um, mm -hmm. well, I'm in Stern and uh, uh, not our club isn't exclusively Stern, but there are obviously a lot of students in Stern who go the very classic um, finance route. Um, but that is definitely changing and molding as people are more impact oriented and are considering sustainability and different social causes. And I'm curious as to what guidance you might give uh, students now to kind of solidify this mindset. And, and again, maybe it, not, it might not be um, in their desire to start a business, but just how they can introduce these values into whatever role or career they have. Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what your generation and the generation um, after you are more concerned, obviously, about impact um, because you have a denigrating system to deal with. Um, but, uh, you know, I really step outside of convention. Um, the formal institutions are old and aging, um, and it's time to step outside of those conventions and begin to work towards a system that better re represents the human experience. You know, I, I really hate that we continue to use these things like GDP and, um, again, things that don't measure things like happiness or the human um, contribution to, to why do we make it hard on ourselves? Like, why is misery and like, um, I don't know, like here, especially here, we work ourselves to death. Um, it's, so, it's such an archaic uh, way of, of thinking, like, um, what about human capital, sustainability, natural capital, building of, of generational wealth, kind of these longer term um, things that are, I think, far more interesting. What about an economy that produces human freedom um, versus binds us up? Um, and so I would encourage students to, to think about if, if not the conventional system, what are the alternative infrastructures, the more productive infrastructures that, that take human capital into consideration, but what the, then the follow on is, right? What, what's naturally gonna happen? Healthier ecosystems, humans more invested in their environments and their communities and more localized development, right? Um, isn't that kind of putting America first? Like if you really wanna get to the heart of development using the language of the current administration, um, why don't you put the development back into the hands of the community? And that means women and, and people of color. Um, I think focusing on business solutions that support our communities rather than rewarding one great idea is far more interesting, I think, for students and your generation of folks who are going out into the workforce. Um, and it's, it's, I think, far more, um, I don't know, happy, <laughs> like, uh, than than the oppressive thought of like just this rat race of like the race to the 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 top, um, so or bottom uh, if you will. And so for me, I would I would just wrap that up by saying the shift of the mindset from um, a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance is going to go a long way. Um, and so I encourage folks, um, particularly students who are in this space to challenge convention and think, how can I shift um, my mindset um, 
the natural world is very abundant. Um, and so how do we utilize what we have to um, ensure that abundance for future generations? Yeah, um, I think for people who know me, it may become a little bit more clear um, understanding my perspectives, considering this was my first institutionalized like experience with VC. Um, so yeah, that, that wraps up all of the questions we had for you. And we also wanted to give you a little bit of space to like plug any, any organizations or just anything really at the end um, that you think are important. You guys are doing such an amazing service for your community and the students um, in your institution. And I'm just so grateful that you reached out. I've had amazing conversations with you. And I really, we've even had back and forth about words and language. Um, and, and, and so I just want to leave with the, the, you know, Accelerate spends a lot of time focused on language and challenging the patriarchy through the institutions, right? Um, do, do we mail bash? No, that's not what it's about. And I think getting on board and understanding that maybe using X with women is weird, um, or being really conscious that, um, the diversity that's out there of folks who want to be a part of the formal economy or a, an economy um, is interesting. Not um, it, it's not not it's not not interesting. Like the diversity and the biodiversity of the world is what makes things so interesting and animated. Um, and so I just want to leave with the note that says um, generating these conversations are so important. Um, let them continue to flow on to other conversations about diversity and what it means to to understand how everybody lives in this world together. Um, and while it sounds idealistic, um, when it when it comes back around to talking about capital and money and growing businesses and kind of the more um, like fundamental things about economic development, really there's humans behind the picture. And Accelerate focuses on the human side of this. There's, there's humans that run these businesses. We're not machines. And so I challenge you all that every time you have a conversation about business and finance, that you ask yourselves one question. What's the human behind this? What are they thinking? What are they doing? What are they feeling? And what are they seeing? Please support women-owned businesses. Let me just end with that. Please support them. You can buy their products. Give them money, amplify their voices. You don't have to give anything but your platform. Um, so, uh, and particularly women of color. Definitely, and, and thank you so much for everything you're doing and for joining us today. I um, mean, again, for all the conversations and we look forward to speaking with you more in the future. Um, if you want to reach out or ask any questions to us, you can email us at founderfriendlysbs at gmail.com. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and check in with us next week. <laughs>